Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Spears and Steinberg Podcast. Unfortunately, Aries isn't here today, but don't turn the channel just yet. I do have some interesting interviews coming up with some people I worked with this weekend who have worked with Aries in the past, so we'll have them on. Aries, unfortunately, uh, was uh, we weren't working together this weekend. He was in Dallas working at the Addison Improv, and I was in Tempe, Arizona working, obviously, the Tempe Improv. We were going to do a remote podcast so we could speak to each other, uh, but... Um, the equipment failed, and so hopefully we'll have we'll be back together next week. The comedians I worked with this weekend, though, were uh, Craig Gass, and you might know him from the Howard Stern Show, and he uh, does voices on Family Guy. So he we have a, 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 an interview with him, and then uh, the great Eleanor Kerrigan. A lot of people, uh, if you know who Eleanor is, it's amazing. Eleanor used to work at the Comedy Store way back in... In the day, I think she started, she said 92 or 93, and she worked there for 12 years as a cocktail waitress. She never wanted to do comedy at that time, and so she was cocktailing, uh, and you know, she knew everybody. She knows where all the bodies are buried. She knows everything about the comedy store, and uh, I guess about uh, t- 11 or 12 years ago, she started uh, doing stand-up. She's awesome, so we have her, and she uh, knew Aries. Uh, from that time period when Aries was first coming up into, uh, into that L.A. scene, and... Uh, so uh, she has an interesting story. So um, we'll, we'll get to those interviews in just a minute. I do have some things that happened this past week that I think we have to address, even though Aries isn't here. I'll address them. I know Aries is the funnier one. Guys, that's why I opened for him. He's the funnier one. I know that. I'm usually a little darker and a little angrier. So uh, I'll try to make it quick. We'll get through this together. As, as a team, you'll know a little bit more about me after we're done. And then next week, we'll be back, we'll be back on track. Okay, so... Um, I just got to give a big shout out to uh, the victims of the tragedy that happened in Vegas. Uh, that's a sad story. A lot of people are trying to figure out why it happened. I think there's, there's no explanation for crazy and just uh, heartfelt sympathies goes out to to, to the victims uh, of the shooting. And that's all I'm going to say. I wanted to say it and then move on. I also uh, need to, uh, I, I hate to keep it sad, but uh, Ralphie May passed away this uh, last uh this last past week and uh ralphie was an amazing character in this business so it's very sad that we lost him at uh such a young age uh ralphie wasn't always the healthiest so i'm not going to say anything about anything except that i'm going to miss this dude the world isn't as funny without a minute so but he did leave it funnier than he found it and i appreciate him for that and then i guess uh these are all the light notes 
Uh, but this one, this one's kind of interesting to me. Dom Herrera, who's a, a comic, uh, has been around a long, a long time, not like vaudeville time, but like 80s. A very funny comic. I love Dom. Dom put out a tweet that I thought was kind of interesting. It was three days ago. It's found on Twitter. Uh, one of the biggest comedians in the world did a bit I asked him for help with. He stole it from me, then did it on Stern. What would you do? I think most people said they would out him. I don't know why he's not outing him. Let's see. I should let it go. I don't want to appear jealous. He is one of the best. He promised he wouldn't do it anymore, and that Stern asked him about it, and it was, and he was. Okay, so apparently he, I guess he's worked it out with the comic. Eh, if you can work it out with the comic. But he put it on Twitter. I think if you put it on Twitter, you're kind of saying that you're pissed. Eh, maybe you just wanted to yell as loud as possible. Whatever you choose to do, Dom, man. You're great. And the only reason I even brought this back up is because I noticed a, a, a tweet of his goes into the next thing that I was going to talk about, which about Harvey Weinstein. It says, Harvey's wife is leaving him. But why? Uh, if you haven't heard, which I, I can't believe, uh, you know, in, in this day and age, we can sens sensationalize so many things. And Hollywood is such a big deal that you wouldn't know who uh, Harvey Weinstein is. But uh, this dude was is a big time producer in Hollywood. This dude got busted. Uh, he's outed. For his aggressive behavior, he was trying to put a st his personal stamp on all starlets in Hollywood. By that, I mean he was trying to put his dick on starlets in Hollywood. Uh, this dude is gross. He's a low-life scumbag is what he is. He is just gross. Uh, I can't say it any better than that. He's scum. And there's no justifying anything that he's done. But I do have some questions. Let me just explain what happened. Uh, I was being very aggressive with a, with a... I don't know her name. She was 22-year-old actress from uh italy and she was uh she went and had a meeting which many uh, uh women are coming out about how he would have these meetings in hotels to talk to them about projects not the kind of project that they wanted to talk about he led them in there with talking about projects that sounded like business real business i guess he was very aggressive to her she left the hotel uh she felt uh she knew something was wrong and she went to the police she told him what was going on and the police got her uh fitted with microphones and sent her back in there. And uh, if you hear the recording, it is, it's disgusting. And it's also stupid. Uh, stupidity is where I find the funny. Uh, I'm sorry, but I did uh, because this dude came at her aggressively. And what he wanted her to do was to have a drink, sit back, and he was going to take a shower. And I guess he wanted her to watch him take a shower. Now, here's where it gets weird to me and funny at the same time. Dude, if you're a salesperson, if you if you have to deal with the public at all, you know you when you sell something, you want to take you want to show them your especially if it's something that they're not really wanting. You better bring your best goods. You better show them the best you have, and you got to get them on board if you want them, uh, you know, to, to buy in. He want. Have you guys seen this guy? I mean, if you haven't seen pictures, check him. He is not an attractive man. He's an older man. He's heavy. I'm older and heavy, too. I'm not, I'm not, that's not the problem. Here's the problem. You want a 22-year-old on board. You're an old, disgusting man. Now you're going to make her watch you take a shower? You're going to lay out some old, saggy nuts? And I'm just going to assume that he's probably not, you know, he's a bigger dude. He's probably not trimming up. He's probably not manicuring that lawn very well. I'm saying... Probably some old saggy nutsack with hairy balls. And now you're gonna you're gonna throw water on that? Some wet, hairy, saggy balls. You're gonna make her watch that? That's how you're selling this? That's how you're selling this behavior and you can't understand why she went to the police? You know, that's not how you sell this. You can't do that. Even if you're in a relationship with someone, if you have a long standing, amazing physical 
mental relationship with someone. You know why that relationship continues to grow after years and years and years? It's because as a dude, you don't make her look at your old, saggy, nut, hairy ball sack and then wet. Oh, you are disgusting. That is so gross. So gross. I hope some people are listening to this at breakfast. That is so disgusting. And you think that's going to sell this deal. Well, she out. She got him. She got him. And what is considered to be what I heard the writing from the press is one of the best kept Hollywood secrets. I don't know, because days after she put her money on the table and said, I'd rather not have a career in Hollywood. I'd rather go fucking turn this dude in and put her career on on risk. She may not have a career. She may. She may not. I don't know. But she may not. She did it. She went to the police. She got him busted. But now all these actresses, these A-list actresses are coming out and saying, yeah, it happened to me. Now I'm not faulting them for what he did to them. I just don't understand as an A-list actress, when you hit a certain level that you don't feel empowered enough that you can do something about this guy. How strong is it? How seedy and disgusting is Hollywood if these A-list actresses, I'm not talking about shitty actors. I'm talking about good actresses. I mean, people, A-list, Angelina Jolie, Gwyneth Paltrow, and, and many others are coming out. I, 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 I've heard some big names. I, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to say names that aren't real. But if you look into the story, these A-list actresses, why didn't they say anything? And I'm not, like I said, I'm not faulting them for what he did, but what I'm faulting them for is for leaving the next group of women and the group of women after that and the group of women after that to be accosted and molested by this fucking scum. I mean, even if you're younger and you're afraid in your career and you couldn't put the idea of not having a career ahead of, of, of the people that are going to come behind you. But then when you make it to a certain level and nothing gets said, nothing gets done and you continue to work with this dude, that's, I mean, you're not as low as that dude, but you're standing on him, aren't you? A little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been in a situation. I'm not a woman. I can't say how that feels to, to walk down the street and feel the way that women must feel. Cause I mean, dudes, that's, we, we want women and women, I'm speaking for straight men and straight women here. That's all. That's all I'm speaking for. Not for everyone either. Just the best that I can in a generalization. For a woman to know that men just want, men want to have sex. That's what we do. <laughs> that's that's the one thing we do. And and to know that and 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 guys are there's a lot of scummy people. A lot of scummy dudes. There's scummy chicks too, but there's scummy dudes everywhere. And I don't know how that feels, and I don't know how they felt in their positions, but when you achieve status and power and you can't go up against this guy and save some other people, I think you're standing on him. I think you're standing on and if you're standing on him, you might be with him a little bit. I don't know if I can be that callous and say it that way, but it doesn't sound like it's any other way than that. And then I heard women come out and say that men haven't come out against him, and George Clooney recently did, but, you know, uh, men, he didn't want, Harvey wasn't trying to fuck dudes, so they didn't have that kind of relationship with him. But how many men did know about it? And if the men knew that this guy was that kind of scum and that they continued to work with him, they're standing with him too. I mean, this is, this is disgusting. It's gross. But there is another side to this story, and this is the side that I think is the, the, the tougher side to deal with. We put people on pedestals all the time. We're putting people on pedestals so we can knock them off pedestals. That's not exactly what happens. They knock themselves off. And why do they knock themselves off? Because we're all disgusting as humans. All of us are. We all have things in our past that we don't know, want people to know about. We all have, we make mistakes. Now, not all of us are scum. Some of us just have mistakes. Some of us have problems. That's our whole goal is to knock people. We want to be celebrated, but then for what the good that we do, but we do some shit things. 
And that's that's all of us. So maybe our pedestals need to be redefined. My mom once said that people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And I didn't get what it meant. Didn't have a house, wasn't throwing stones. But all it means is that we all have some issues. And none of us want those issues to come to light. But they do. And especially more and more now because we all live in glass houses. Uh, thanks to social media, we can everything can be found out about any of us at any time. Okay? So that being said, how do we readjust these pedestals? How do we do this? Because what we do is someone does something great, and we put them on a pedestal. They make a great movie. They're a great actor. They've done this. It's great. They become a producer. They're a great producer. They're a great writer. They're a great director. We make them big. We make them larger. They're an athlete. They can run fast. They can knock people down. They're amazing. And we put them on a pedestal. We put all these people on pedestals for great things. That's what pedestals were for, for putting people up for who've done great things. But those same people have done some fucking horrible things. They have. We all have. But what's going to take them down from that? And where do the pedestals get adjusted? Maybe we got to be honest with our, the way we put people on pedestals. Maybe Mel Gibson should have a pedestal. But maybe it, its height is adjusted for what it says. It says, you know, doesn't like blacks and Jews. Likes to call women sweet tits. But is a fucking great actor. Braveheart. Amazing. How about that? How about we recognize for, for how shitty we are. And how awesome we are. Because it, it, we have to be able to separate the great things we can do from the shit things that we are. Or, or no one's going to get to go anywhere. Because everybody has some shit on them. I don't understand how we, we, can, we, we have to be able to separate the two. Cosby, horrible, horrible human being. Liked to have rape sex with incapacitated women. That is one of the grossest things that you... That's basically wanting to fuck someone who's dead. Who has no... There, there, there's no connection. Maybe he just liked the power. Who knows? But he made a great television series. And we can't separate the two. Even though that series came about at a time for black America to show a, a family like that has never been seen on television like that. That white families didn't know there was black families like that. Black families didn't know there was uh, black families like that. The show was amazing for its time. It came out and it can't be on the air anymore because of what he did. It doesn't just affect him. It affects many people who were on that show. Malcolm Jamal, Jamal Warner. He ain't making any residuals. Felissa Rashad, no residuals. Right now, Ahmad Rashad is probably hosting some shitty, lame event that he wants nothing to do with to keep his shit going. And they never thought they were going to have to do that because Felissa Rashad was in a show that had 100 years of residuals coming to her, for no doubt. And that's off the air. Maybe his pedestal is super low, almost to the ground. It says, rapist of many women made a great fucking television show. Funny comic. I mean, I'm not trying to belittle the bad that he did, but you can't remove the good artists are tortured human beings they've done some shitty shitty shit but no one ever went to a movie because gandhi was the director but if we look up the director who directed gandhi and we go into his past we might find some shitty shit so how do we how do we how do we move forward i don't know how to move forward it, it, it happened recently cam newton cam newton was caught off guard by a female reporter who asked him a question that piqued his interest he noted it and he said I'm paraphrasing. He said, uh, I've never had a female ask me a question about routes. You know what? He probably, he never has had a female reporter that asked. No one's asked him. Probably, probably very few male reporters have asked him that question. And the reason women were mad is because they said, well, if she's a reporter, she should be able to do his job. He shouldn't be surprised by it. I think he was surprised by the question if it came from most people because it was actually a question that piqued his interest, number one. And number two, I'm surprised. Why wouldn't I be surprised by that? You, you act as though... Just because she's a reporter, she knows all about football. Listen, reporters cover more than just their, their expertise, the sport of, the, uh, of expertise. There's people that do golf, tennis, boxing, 
baseball, they're going to know about one sport more than the other. So if, if you're a reporter and you go in and you uh, have a great question, great, but you must get something said. And the fact that it was big, a, a female, he wasn't derogatory. To make it demeaning, I guess you could try to make it demeaning, but you're working to make it demeaning. And to be a female reporter in that position where you're breaking doors down, you're breaking boundaries for other women, and that's what gets you angry? Jackie Robinson had to put up with a lot more than just being called a black man. I think if you didn't like that situation that you were in, there's other ways to handle it. You could not only... It wasn't that he was demeaning you as a person or as your profession. He was caught by it. If you didn't like it, have a conversation. He ended up losing his Dan and Yogurt deal, which to me is a weird deal anyway that the NFL and Dannon, that's a yogurt and football. I don't get that one. And this and this reporter, I, I believe I don't have it in front of me. I believe it's Jordan uh, Rodriguez. So she's the reporter, and she's in. She she's outraged by this. She makes this big deal about it, and then someone looks at her tweets, and she has racist tweets on her Twitter. So again, again, where are pedestals at? Where are we as people? She calls him out for that, and yet she has shit that she is responsible for. She needs to take ownership for it. So she came out and apologized. Well, first of all, let me say, Cam Newton came out and apologized. He didn't want that to be that way, uh, to, to demean women. And then he later said that he was going to meet, it was, it was trying to make it as a compliment. He, may, he maybe didn't say it right. Maybe he said it the way he wanted to say it. Maybe it was surprising to him. Maybe he was shocked that a woman that he wasn't aware of knew how he felt about his routes and his teammates and the bond that routes were bringing together between them. I don't know. But she knew she had those tweets, and she made a big deal about his position in life. But look at hers. And if you look her up and you put in uh, Jordan uh, Rodriguez racist tweets, you know what comes up? You know what will come up on Google? Cam Newton. Cam Newton comes up because it's not important what she said, apparently. Cam Newton comes up first. And her, and then she apologized. And her apology, if anyone else would have made an apology like this, they would have said it was a bullshit apology because she said... Tweets that I made four or five years ago, I am sorry that they were offensive. So you're saying I made them four or five years ago, so we shouldn't judge you today by them, but everyone else gets judged by what they do today? Yeah. Then Jerry Jones comes out and says, uh, players who disrespect the flag will not play for his team. Okay. Well, who is that, Jerry Jones? Because they're not disrespecting the flag. I don't think anybody understands what the flag means anymore. This is a peaceful protest to draw attention to some... A serious situation that we have here in this country where people of color don't feel safe by the same people that white people feel very safe by. Ask a black person how they feel when they get pulled over versus a white person how they feel when they get pulled over. There's places where black people are hesitant to call the police to come. All that he's doing is trying to bring attention to the situation in a peaceful protest that does not demean or disrespect the flag, the country, the national anthem. He's a patriot. He's making us have a conversation about something that we need to have a conversation for. And listen, I'm not demeaning the police either. I think the police, uh, there are some amazing, fantastic, great police officers out there who do an amazing job it's a job i wouldn't want to do you couldn't pay me enough to do that job and they're out there doing that and i and i commend them i thank them but at the same time if you are one of those great officers and you know that there's these shitty people that have this job and that eventually a problem is going to occur a life is going to be lost because of you know what caliber those people are then i have to hold you just as responsible because again you're standing on them you're standing with them you got to get rid of those people those people need to be weeded out. Better testing, better training. People like that shouldn't be shouldn't be allowed to be called a police officer. They should be out. 
You don't need that. I mean, if you if you were try if you were if you were doing something and you ended up and you saw that there was a support on a bridge and the support was going to give way, and you didn't report that, and a bunch of cars fell off a bridge as it was breaking, and people died, you don't think you have some responsibility to the people that died, lost their lives on that bridge because you didn't report it? If you have people that are fucked up doing a job as important as law enforcement, you're part of the problem if you're not reporting it. You know, I think I'm going to leave it there. So we can get Aries to comment on this. Guys, I hope you enjoy these uh, next two interviews. Talk to you at the end of the show. Oh, but should I tell you, Eleanor sure. Kerrigan? Yeah. Eleanor Kerrigan from South Philadelphia, who could get beat up for being a Rams fan. <laughs> That's why it's so scary. Ooh. You, um, Eleanor, um, was someone I met early when I was hosting. And... Uh, I got to meet you with How in, long an incredible you been doing stand up at that point. Um, what, was it like four years ago? I think so. And I've been doing stand up about five years. I've only, oh, I'm only okay. nine years. Okay. I'm 10. I'm a little bit older than you. I'm excited. As a comic. Yeah. I'm way older than everybody. In as this, a person. As a person in this game. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and it was out of all people to start hosting. Dice was one of the people, and it was yeah. uh, it was a surreal experience. And I love that he fell in love with you, because normally he's like, no, not that guy. We're not doing this. No, he stinks. She stinks. Like, he usually gets rid of people quick. I'm serious. Like, that is a true testament to how good you were and how cool you were in the dressing room, because he was just like, yeah, this guy's awesome. He can stay. But he's never if you had ask that. anyone, like, that has been in that situation, he wouldn't let people in the dressing room. I've had people that known him for a long time, and he'd still be like, "Yeah, you got to stay outside." Uh, you know, I, I thought he was really interesting because he he was very welcoming to me. So when you tell me this, it's hard for me to believe. And then the fact that you know he's never wanted to work with me in any way ever again. So well, uh, that's not true. It's just that I think we were going to use you for a few gigs, but then other people pop in. The problem is like if he I, finds Florentine and those guys. Yeah, like, I get it. I get yeah. who I am, but I, I mean, it's it, when I was. He has his buddies. Yeah, but it was just that I was I was so I was starstruck by him. This is the guy, you know that I I, I was in a, was right was right my freshman year I think in college mm-hmm. when I got to discover him and I was like oh my god this is this is the most this guy's an animal. But I'm, I just want to say this on this podcast and it won't won't be about dice. I would like this to be about you. But he did give me he said the most profound thing to me that anybody's ever said it to me in comedy and I've given this it, I said this to other people that which I think was amazing. I asked him when he's talking about being a comic, he was talking about comedy and just how you have to really put it out there and how okay. you have to give it to him. And I said, and, and the crowd has to feel you and get that energy. You know, you have to give it to him. And I was like, yeah, but I go, you were doing uh, st- stadiums. I go, you're doing these huge venues. How is someone in row triple Z X? How do you get them to feel that? And he goes, I don't know. Don't ask me. Ask Elvis how he did it. <laughs> Ask Led Zeppelin how they did it. His obsession. Well, but that's when I realized he wasn't a comic. He's a performer. Yeah, he, he's, totally. He was a beyond comedy. He, in fact, he doesn't really like comics. Like he, it's not like like I could sit and watch. I have some favorites, and I could sit and watch them forever, or even rewatch old specials where I'm like, God, this person's great. Whatever it is, whomever I like, he won't do that. He gets bored. I one time I remember I tried to get him to watch Judy Gold. And I wasn't even doing stand-up at this point. We were just sleeping together. That'll happen. And so we were uh, hanging out. And I made him watch Judy Gold, who was one. Because I loved her I don't give a shit attitude, aggressiveness, and just 
Yeah. Clever joke. I love Judy Garland. One of my top favorite comics since I started working at the comedy store. And I made him watch her special, and he laughed out loud like a few times. And I was like, I'm telling Judy. (laughs) (laughs) She's well-written, man. She really... God damn it. I've never forgot. One time we were... And this was all new to me, too, stand like live watching stand up. Like I never went to a I think my mom took me to see Seinfeld when I was 18 because we loved his Pez dispenser joke or whatever. And my brother Tommy ran the Kimmel Center in Philadelphia and that's where he was performing. So it was like, hey, it's a birthday present, but we got free tickets. But I'm taking you. All right. Thanks. Cheap ass. South Philly gift. Yeah. (laughs) South Philly gift is a free gift. And so we but that was the first one I ever went to and it was okay i don't remember it being so impressionable that i was like i gotta be a stand-up but when i saw judy i thought damn like she was so in your face and it was um rosh hashanah or something like that a jewish holiday and i didn't really know what rosh hashanah was and judy goes uh she goes hey do you know there was a guy sitting up front big cowboy hat in the comedy store in the original room. And she goes, do you know what Rosh Hashanah is? And he looked at her. He was like, no, I don't. And she goes, that's when your boss doesn't come to work. <laughs> and we died. <laughs> I was like, yes. That's right. Mitzi's not here. Weird. That's funny. <laughs> but it was just so silly. And then, you know, she had like tons of jokes like that. Like, this just got me, killed me right away. Well, about you, so that people understand this. That I'm not Jewish, know, but I sleep with a lot you of Jews. With a lot of Jews. It's, it, my girl is also uh, yeah, Irish. We're trying to make it in show business. Yeah, yeah. So. so, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. But, she, uh, but you worked at the comedy store as a server. Mm-hmm. How many years? You told me. 12 years. 12 years. Not That's ever, not time. even wanting to do comedy. No, no interest at all. Like I moved out there to be an actress and then I got that job at the comedy store and my roommate and I, Chris, have been looking for jobs for like two and a half months and it just uh, wasn't happening. So we were looking everywhere and finally I was like, I'm going to go into this building that looks like it may or may not be closed or a homicide incident may have happened here. It looked so dark, you know. It wasn't inviting in any way, shape, or form. And there, and I went there, and uh, they hired me. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Because Mitzi, the owner, was like, "Oh, you're from Philadelphia." And I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "You know Dom Irera," and I was like, "Yeah, I've heard of him because he was on the Rodney specials that we would watch on a loop, and he would talk about South Philly." So to us, he was like, "What? One of our own?" made it in hollywood so we were like uh, i was like yeah of course i know tom around she goes okay you're higher but don't ever wear those fucking heels again (laughs) you're too big because you can't be tall as a waitress like she would say it's not about the waitress it's about the comic so when you're serving drinks you have to get low and just put you like you can't you're like a ninja was she that detailed about everything absolutely and is your impression, how spot on is your impression? Of it's Mitzi? pretty good, I think. I spent a lot of time with her, so uh, <laughs> we did some crazy shit together. But, yeah, she its just she, she's from Wisconsin originally, so she has that, like, oh, almost Fargo-y yeah. thing going on. And it, it, when you talked about the store, you talked about how dark it was. Who painted it black? What was the, do you know who painted Mitzi. it black? Mitzi painted just it black? Garrett, just dark it up. Uh, no, I, I'm not. I think it was Mitzi that painted it black. It was. Because I've never seen a business that's like 
like that. It's yeah, just, it's, to it, stand, black, white, and red are her colors. It, it uh, looks completely uninviting. You wouldn't know. Totally. Other than it's a classic comedy place, you wouldn't know about it if yeah. it was just, if it opened brand new today, it wouldn't make it. No, not black like that. But yeah. then everybody started doing it. And that, I don't know if she had copied it from somewhere else or they, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. a lot of places opened up and like mostly rock joints that yeah. were like pitch black and you're like, oh, But okay, not on cool. the outside. They stood no, out on, on the, the uh, on the outside too in yeah, LA? They were yeah, on, yeah. Oh, okay. There was a couple of those. And so I remember thinking, oh, okay, it's like a black building. But I, I would never notice that prior because she wanted the black because of the white the writing on the wall right so that would stand out more it would make it stand out and then on the inside um she made everything black as well but it wasn't always that way like when she first got the place um sammy shore got it her husband and then sammy was a comic that opened for elvis so he would go on the road a lot with elvis and him and uh deluca rick deluca i think was his name he also they started they used to you know, put comics up. Whoever showed up, they'd make the lineup up that night, whatever. And Mitzi would collect the money at the door. But once he went out of town, she was like, oh, let me dress it up. And she put, like, flowers around. And she put, like, little different things to make it her own. And then after a while, it just, she stopped with the flowers. She started, like, being like, oh, we need new wallpaper. And she'd be like, just paint it black. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a hole in the wall. Just Oh, just playing it black. Well, it's some funny. of that old wallpaper is from when it was the original place, though, isn't it? Or is it from the very beginning of her? The, oh, the... Like that uh, paper in the one, that really shitty bathroom the in the Laurel hallway. With Laurel and Hardy? Yeah. Yeah, we still have a lot of that with Mae West. That was her idea. That was her idea. That That's yeah. from the original. We have a lot of it, but it peels. Like, yeah. it's old, you know? So they stopped doing it, and they painted it now. I'm That's such gone. an idiot. When I was in that bathroom, I felt, oh, like, I'm a comic. I'm in this bathroom at the... Uh, I know. You know what's bad? No, I love it because it gives you such a feeling. Like, I always wanted to steal a sheet of that because you can't get it. You can't find it. It's a weird thing. And the, the comedy store has tried to find it and order it and figure it out, but... It's it's just the wallpaper is no good anymore, and we're so that luckily the comedy store is so busy right now that they got rid of those little bathrooms. There is no more uh, those little one stallers that you came. That in one's the not back. there anymore with the red toilet. Oh, the, they knocked it down. They made it like it looks like prison style. It's funny. It's like, but it has two stalls in each. Okay, so there's not a long line. In that, if the original room's packed out, right. there's not a million people standing in the hallway waiting for a bathroom. And then when you go up a little ramp into the main room, they put another ladies' room in there because obviously, girls, I don't know what they do in the bathroom. You don't do that because you're from South Philly? Girls, just in and out. It's not about South Philly. It's about having nine brothers and sisters. And if you took too long in the bathroom, they break the door down. So you learned the tap tap method? No. They, tap, tap. And that was it? Yeah. Just get it. Dry it up. Move on. You know, I have streaks in my underwear like my brothers because I move on quickly like they do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the great Eleanor Kerrigan, by the way, after yes, this conversation that we had, who just got off the stage right here at Tempe Improv in well, it's Phoenix, Arizona, but it is Tempe. It was Tempe. It's so good. This and club is so good. You crushed the right now. You crushed in a room that has been great all weekend. And these people so were good. great. They were yeah. loud, but they weren't, uh, they were a little tight and you fucking 
They did feel tight, I gotta be honest. And, and you I, flipped them though. You flipped them and you not only did you flip them, you won like crazy loud. <laughs> I was I was hating you so much. I want you to hate me. I wanna ask you this question and it's more about me. And you know, I like to talk about me a lot. I know it. I can feel so, it um, already. How did how am I, I I'm curious because I'm be, becoming because of the world we're living in, hyper aware of the way I'm supposed to introduce someone. On stage or on stage, especially in a in, no on the podcast. I don't give a shit. But in, in in on stage, I brought you up, and I didn't think about it until this morning. It was the first time that I thought about it. I was I was when we were eating breakfast today with uh with with Craig at uh, Matt's Big Breakfast here in uh, yes. Great we all went food, to breakfast today. Great food. Uh, also not good. It's good. It's homemade. But if you order right, it's it can be good for you. Anyway, uh, but I was thinking about it. Because some people have made me aware that women get brought up differently than men. How did I do? Did, did uh, you did fine. I, uh, this, the only reason I'm asking is because I well, didn't think about I, it. You're saying like women get brought up different than men. And I'm thinking about it because like continual, like the comedy store has continual uh, show. So all, every 15 minutes there's a new comic. And a lot of times I notice there'll be like four boy, four men guy comics in a row. And then all of a sudden... It'll be. Uh, are you ready for a female? Like, and I don't feel like you did that. Those no. that kind of. Yeah, I wouldn't me. do that. But so, uh, somebody was. But you just brought me up like this comment. Yeah, I, but I, I did. That's but great. I remember. What I, why I remembered it is I remembered when I was bringing you up last night. I said, um, "I go. You, this is a real treat. I love this. I love this lady. Is what I said, or I love this chick, or whatever. However, I said it. Yeah. Uh, and I said she's. She tours all over, showtime. Um, I've worked with her a few times. I lo- absolutely love her. And I remember saying, I-, I was thinking, would I say that about a guy, though? Would I say? But, yeah, I would. I would say, God, I love this dude. Oh, I've yeah, I've done it. But I say dude or man. Yeah. But I, so I didn't know, though, if that would. But I wasn't, a, I didn't get offended by it. I well, it's fine. so hyper, like. Uh, no, everybody. most people are. You're right. right. I'm not, though. I'm probably the only one that didn't get offended by Cam Newton. And what I, he said. I didn't understand him getting, I didn't understand uh, the it offense. It makes no sense to me. I, I, I understand how it could be. I, when I watched if it. If he said, why are you speaking? You're a woman. Then yes, get up in arms. But yes, it is uncomfortable when a girl, not uncomfortable, but odd. A well, little odd I, when I, a girl knows routes and things like that. There's very few. Well, it's not only is it very few uh, women that know it. I think very few men, even yeah. sportscasters. Yeah. I've been in conversations with men where they're like, I don't even know what you're saying. But even the sportscasters never ask good questions. And I thought that her question piqued his interest and he made and he mention. Was like, wow. Like, and, yeah. I thought he was like in awe of her. Yeah. If and, you will. and I think and two things. I think um, he said female, which I think is taken the wrong way. If he would have said a woman, I wasn't expecting that. I think the word female sounds demeaning to women that are hyper aware of that it's a little much now i just i don't get it like my other friend he was on stage the other day and he had a problem because he said what's your name ma'am and the lady freaked out how dare you that's ageism ageism yeah. no i thought it was polite yeah but who's who's my, think- my, my father's military right that's how we talk but who's thinking of all this shit and then defining it you have I a great know. you have a great joke. I don't want to do your joke. No, you can't. No, no, I'm but, just no, I, I, hear it. no. But it's it's the R word. I'll just say it like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And where I think it makes a clear definition of what is really what. It's not about what we, the word that we choose, but what's behind the word that we yeah. choose. One of the best I've ever seen. Like I remember when I started doing that joke. It's the, the word retarded. 
because uh, I didn't know you couldn't say I didn't know it was like a big thing. But then I, I found out whatever. So I wrote it. I just started doing this joke about it because it made me laugh that this lady got so heavily invested and emailed me about it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So then I went to Doug Stanhope's screening of his special, his last special. I don't know if you saw this. I can't think of the name of it. But, oh, my God, is he one of the most brilliant comics. A mind like, no. I, I, Listen, if you, I'm telling you, it was on CISO, which I think went out of business. Yeah. Well, they changed their direction. To... Uh, to regular programming, I think they are. It's owned by NBC. And it's, okay. This is going to be boring anyway, so no one okay, else is going to care about it. Okay, don't. But if you can watch that when he talks, when he does it, I was like, forget it. My bit stinks. <laughs> well, he's just forget like, it. Yeah, he's in. He comes from another planet. He brain. puts it in the best direction I've ever heard it in my life. But I love yours, and yours is honest. And I knew that it was coming from a real story. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because I, I was like, oh my god, how am I ever going to do that again after seeing Doug? That's, that. But that's why I don't watch that's other why comics never, normally. Me either. Because I'm I, the same. Because I know that they're going to say something or even close to anything that I'm working on, and I'll just dump it because I don't want to have anything like that. Yeah. So I just stop watching everybody. Me too. I can't. I but as a waitress too, I'd be in the room and watch. I could. You hear it. Yeah, and then if I would, when I started doing stand up, I'd write a joke and I'd be like, oh, "That's not mine." I've heard that, you heard that in the OR. I heard that here, you know. I used to be affected by people's cadence. And you have such a unique voice. Oh, yeah, me too. That you, it would still affect you. You could still, yeah. So I, I, I tried. that's why I tried not to listen to people. Live doesn't bother me as much. Like, I can watch shows live, but it's when, I don't know what it is about uh, watching it. Because if I guess I, if I really like something, I'll rewind it and listen to it again. And it, yeah, it ruins yeah. my whole ear. But uh, that's amazing. You brought up the store. So I just want to. I did something silly on the cadence part. I, we had uh Felipe Esparza on the podcast. Okay. Who's an old school store guy. If you like from when I started, he was like the hot young, like Mitzi was in love with him and Gabriel and Freddie Soto. And they were all like the guys. And so he was on and you know, he has a thick accent. Right. And I started doing it. You and, started doing it? Yeah. And my co-host Rick Ingram was like kicking me under the tail. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Cause I'll hear it. And I start to mimic. I don't do it on purpose. Right. I just pick it up quick, and I I was like, eh. like I can't I, I remember exactly what I did, but there was one where I was like, Odale, or something. I even said something like something so bad where even he looked at me like, the fuck, <laughs> like Dude. are you making fun of me, bitch? But I wasn't. I just pick it up. It just, I yeah, do. It just, it's contagious. Yeah, but it, it is his accent too because that accent is so strong. He's been doing comedy how many years now? I don't. I met him in ninety four, ninety five. That accent sounds like like he just started speaking English in a lot of, a lot of times. I mean, it's such yeah. a thick, heavy accent. Yeah. I, lo- I love I love watching him. Those are, that doesn't bother me as much because I won't pick that up as much as I will like a regular David Tell. That that guy. Oh, can't David Tell. Tell. Yeah. His his that that thing gets me. Total. Yeah, he's a good one. That's it. Uh, Big J Okerson. He yeah. tours with or toured with him, I guess, a while back. And sometimes people were like, my God, he sounds like David Tell. And I thought like Big J's from Philly. So he already has like a little bit of a That's him, accent. Yeah. And then um, I think it tells from Jersey. I'm not sure. Jersey, New York area. Uh, I think. Is it New York? I thought uh, it was from the island, but I don't know. I don't, maybe. Maybe yeah. Long Island. Yeah. So um, 
what I'm saying is like it's, it's yeah, kind of similar. They just have a similar sound. But one time I was working a club uh, in LA, the Venice Underground. Uh huh. And my friend Bronston runs it, Bronston Jones, and he uh, he was he was like, oh, we have a special guest, so you'll go on after him. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I was really nervous because I was relatively new at this point. Bronston was just being sweet and giving me you know spots. So I was like pacing in the back, and I'm like. Is that David Tell? Like I came running in from the back. I'm like, I'm not following David Tell. And I let and it was Big J. Doesn't matter. He annihilated as well. Yeah. But I was like, fuck. They just have a similar tone and similar tone, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, but I like both those guys. But I, their jokes are completely yeah. different. Yeah. Like if you Bronston. Uh Bronston Jones. Yeah. 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 He doesn't uh, he he won't book me in the bit. He did he I shouldn't say he won't. He didn't because I I saw him when I was performing at the parlor one time, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, would I ever be able to get up at the Venice Underground show? I heard it's great. He goes, yeah, you come out, you know, we'll, you just send me a Facebook message or whatever, and we'll go from there. So I sent him a message, and he didn't get back to me, and it had been a while, and I didn't know that he had went out of town. He went out of the country. He was out of the country. Oh, right. He's in Edinburgh and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He does and, the festival yeah, a this lot. Yeah, this was a couple of years ago, or, you know, and so... Uh, I sent him back a message that uh, <laughs> a uh, cryptic message. It wasn't cryptic at all. I said, "Well, uh, <laughs> I haven't heard back from you, so I guess that apparently means you didn't want to book me, and so now you're just avoiding uh, my, you know, my my text. So I'll just can't. I'll just cross this off, and I won't bug you anymore." Which sounds really passive aggressive, but if you really know me, it means I feel like shit, and I'm just not going to talk to you because if I say it, then I'm okay. So I guess it is a little passive aggressive, but I was just trying to yeah. get through it and he sends me a note about how i don't need to be this way and then he's there and i said uh and he goes and then he said passive aggressive and i was like oh a comic that's passive aggressive that's offensive to you and i just was fuck it and i never i never responded to him after oh that. no because yeah. oh, i already he's told a you sweet guy he's, he's so nice Philly. but i told you i have this problem if, if i yeah, feel yeah i get it if I, I get if, it. if I feel weird then i just i just that's cancel funny. yeah but i he, mean god, god bless you. i'll write to people and until I'm blue in the face and they don't respond. <laughs> and then maybe they do, maybe they don't. Then I just give up. I'm an easy, good give upper. See, I, I, I <laughs> want to make you feel bad for me giving up. Oh, there you go. I'm a, give, I'm a good like, all right, no problem. I'll no. just go cut myself. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you, uh, the store, and uh, you have a, you're like a, you're like you should have like a jersey at the store. Like you have been there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm gonna get one. Yeah, you should, get uh, a, you should say Kerrigan and should be up there because you worked there for 12 years as a cocktailer, as a cocktail waitress, and then the, a couple of those years I was Mitzi's personal assistant. And which is really amazing because you have the best Mitzi stories. I'm not gonna try to get you. Could you do the Mitzi voice though? Oh yeah. Okay, honey. Because <laughs> I feel you gotta get rid of the beard, honey. Nobody likes it. What? Like she would do things like that. Like. I'm I, not- I think that's amazing because it's sad for me because even though I'm old, I started comedy late, so I'll never get to. Yeah, get there the... was, but she could be brutal. Like I remember one time, my buddy Freddie Soto was hosting, and Mitzi was leaving. And when she would leave, she would give us the, like after she did a showcase, she would write who was in and who was out, whatever, give it to us, and we'd have to give it to the town coordinator. So she had given me the sheet, and Freddie was going to walk her to her car. And as we were talking to her in the hallway, and she was getting ready to go out, she goes, uh, this young kid came up. And you could see, I wasn't doing stand-up then, but I still felt for them. I just remember this kid. It looked like he had a little stick on his back with his bag. You know, like he just got off the bus, you know. And he walked up to me, hey, Mitzi, uh, thank you so much for letting me showcase. And um, do you have any words uh, of wisdom? Like, 
And she just looked at him. And me and Freddie are just like, oh, fuck. And she turns and looks at him. And she goes, I don't encourage mediocre talent. <laughs> the kid's blood left his body. Like, you could see. I was like, uh. I was like, let's just go out this way. You know, all nervous. Did you ever see that kid again? Push it. No. Never. Uh, I got right back on the bus, went back to Kansas or whatever. You know, but it weeds out a lot of people. If you can't take that, then you're not going to you're not going to make it through this anyway. I don't encourage mediocre mm. talent. Like, that, I, that was brutal. That it, was as simple and as brutal as you get. I think that should be a bumper sticker. <laughs> That's what it should be. It was funny because Tommy used to inherit it oh, because she said it a lot, but she, I never heard her say it until that moment directly to somebody. But I've heard her say it after that a million times. See, I would have. People tell me that I'm an idiot for feeling this way, but I would have loved to have that contact. Whether she told me what she he, she told that guy, that would have been fine. Or mm-hmm. yeah, uh, like you wouldn't have been offended by that. No, I would have been like, well, that she doesn't know what she's doing. It would give me motivation, and then she would have said, <laughs> she doesn't know. I find the fact that you could be in the store for 12 years and never want to be a comic. That's that is more amazing to me. And then for whatever reason, a, a switch flips and you go all right yeah it was i mean honestly i remember one one time this guy russell he changed his name they love to change their names he says that was a fake name and he went back to his real name i don't know the truth but his name is russell starlin aka willie bingo and so (laughs) if willie bingo was his real name i get why he changed it so russell (laughs) i refuse to call him willie uh was hosting normal host in the OR and there was no comics I think it was like 4th of July and I'm waiting tables barely anybody customers right I'm just in there trying to milk the clock technically and I think I was the only waitress and Russell was on stage and he couldn't find a comic so he went up because it's every three minutes and he was like the next comic Eleanor Kerrigan and I was like (laughs) what the fuck and I, I went up and I, I forget what I, I told a really racy joke. And there was this big black comic on the side and he goes, tell him, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was so stupid. And then I was like, let's bring up your fucking worthless host. And I just, just took the next two minutes ripping Russell to shreds and whomever else was in the room. But it was nobody in there. Yeah, but did you feel anything? Did you get a little, no, you didn't I get was, a charge out of no, it No, I was annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I was annoyed, but... If there were real people and the lights were down, because this was early enough that yeah. the lights were still on, because Mitzi didn't turn the lights down on the open mic until nine. So if you notice, like, the neons are on yeah. and it's very bright when the open mic is happening. And then when the actual show happens, she turns it the other way. Thank you. She turns it the other way. So we never, like, when you see that, it's like basically. You know, it's like you're in an incubator. You're like, what the fuck? Do I have jaundice? Why is it so bright in here? <laughs> like, it's it's a weird feeling. Well, there's a weird, I mean, laugh. So I, if the lights were out, maybe I would have felt, felt something like weirder. Your comic? Yeah. Yeah. There's some, I, I don't like the lighting in LA. The Laugh Factory has horrible. Oh my God, that's the worst that's one worst. to but me. I want to ask you this because you, you, you store thing, uh, it's connected to this uh, podcast in a little way where uh, this is mine and Aries, Aries Spears. Uh, oh yeah, I podcast. love Aries Spears. By the way, do you have any? Uh, do you have an Aries story? First uh, off, uh, he was very young when he started, and he always, always kills on stage. Like he, I'm not kidding. From the time he walked in the store, there's a few guys that are like memorable. 
that way like their first kind of showcases and and some are awful like i told you about sebastian maniscalco being awful in the beginning aries was not like he was out of the box confident and big like larger than life on stage like a total performer and he was only 19 i think i remember yeah he was underage because we'd have to he'd go on stage and then he'd have to go right out so he couldn't hang out unless he was in the kitchen and then this one time um you know, he he got cocky quick because he was coming up. And I, I, I believe he had a TV show called South of Sunset. Uh, it was a, a cop show kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. But it aired during the, I'm going to go 93, Phillies. Fuck were they playing? They were in the World Series. Not Dodgers. Um, I can't think. It'll come uh, to yeah. me. So it was a big World Series game, and it got the worst ratings ever, and it got canceled. Uh, worst ratings at that moment, you know, yeah, at that time. Because it could be, yeah, barely. It, but it would have been a great show, and he was so good. And it was, uh, it was maybe it was ninety. I'm trying to think of what year it was, but the show was called South of Sunset, and he was supposed to be the breakout star on that. And uh, if. It got fucked because there was a giant sports event yeah. and it just happened to coincide airing. You know, maybe it was a, a mid. Uh, no, October would have been the thing. So yeah. that would have been a regular season show. And uh, <clears throat> it was the, supposed to be the big show and it did. But it didn't stop him. He was still fucking coming in. He was still killing. doesn't matter. I mean, that young. You got the world. Yeah, you got it. And so there's. Um, <clears throat> I think he had a, a started arguing with different comics, you know, and he had this argument with Jackson Purdue once, but everybody argued with Jackson because he was a dick. Um, it could, I'll tell you a different fight after, but this was one where um, Aries had to follow a girl named Jenica Berger. She was also underage. She was 19 years old, and she... Um, she was cocky too. She was very confident. She still works. She's on Shameless. She works all the time. She had a million shows. If you look her up, you're like, oh, she stopped doing stand-up. But she wasn't nearly as good as Aries. Not even close. But she was she was tolerable. She was good. She was likable, you know. <clears throat> and she went on, and then Aries went on after her and just shit on her the whole time. <laughs> I don't know why he did it. I don't know what he did. it. For. And she's just pacing in the back, and I've never seen her that angry. And I would always talk to her because, like I said, they couldn't hang out in the showroom. They would come in the kitchen where they could hang out. So her and I would talk all the time, and she had all kinds of anger issues and crazy <laughs> shit. So she was pissed. She was like, I'm going to fucking kill him. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm watching it. Aries is just like, you believe how bad she was? Like, or whatever it was you said. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm putting drinks down because it was pretty decently busy. And the minute he got off, she confronted him, and she swung at him. She hit him. He fell down those OR steps. Like, he was like, whoa. Like, those five little steps right uh -huh. there. And he's like, what the fuck? And they just started. And then somebody broke it up. But for like a minute, I remember being at the top of the stairs going, I'm going to let this ride out and see how far <laughs> it goes. And then I think they both got banned. They both got banned from that, yeah. that day, that, that night. Yeah. I, I think and it could have been like 94. Again, I, everything runs to. I started in 93. Everything runs together for me. It sucks. It's so funny knowing Aries. She must have said something or did something though that make him would make him go up and do that. Something. Yeah, because he, he he. I don't know. Again, I'm in and out of the room, yeah. so maybe, maybe she but he, said. But even before, 
he went up, she could, or before she went up, he, she could have said something to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, again, we're waiting tables. I'm not paying attention to that. All I know is a fight broke out and they had a, it was so funny. I, I, I And they I, both got banned and I was so mad because he was like the hot young comic comic that was going to kill yeah. it. Yeah. And then right after that, Chris Tucker came in. Uh, to the store. Okay, gotcha. And that was the biggest overnight success I saw at the store. Gotcha. Because he came in and he just took the whole, I got this, I'm t-, you know. Yeah. But he also, he had a fight with Carl LeBeau, which really? was pretty bad. <laughs> he so had a fist it, fight. It sounds like a lot of bad things <laughs> went on at the store. Well, there was a lot of, co- I mean, there's a lot of egos. There's too many egos and they're bouncing around. Well, you and- take the most insecure people in the world. Exactly. Give them the biggest egos and then give them a place to display it. Oh, yeah. There's some shit that's going to go down. And they just really wrote it out. Well, I mean, and then Mitzi kind of, she pushed buttons, so it, it made it happen, right? Because this is what I understand for, about Mitzi. I never met her, so I'm going from what I've heard from other comics or whatever. Sure. Read. So, but that was kind of her, she liked making yeah, that like, happen. Yeah, like say if, if those two didn't get banned, whatever happened, they got banned. And then I don't know if they were ever not invited back or just because usually you get banned like eddie griffin got banned every week dice got banned every other week like it was she loved to ban people she that was her thing eddie griffin got banned for running the light hours every time no eddie uh he he got banned for uh, i don't know if it was running it might have been running the light one or two times but there was other times where there was fights him and dice had a fight that paulie had a breakup so that was interesting paulie's breaking up fights yeah well, and then Dice had a fight with Pauly, and that got him banned. And then Mitzi asked me exactly what happened. And then if she directly came to me and said, tell me what happened, I'd, I'd tell her. But I never wavered on pick a side. Does that make sense? Yeah, you because told the truth. I would pick, uh, yeah, even though, like, the one time with Pauly and Dice, Pauly was totally in the wrong, in a sense. But so was Dice, because he brought his underage kids in the club. So T- technically, Paulie was protecting the club and saying, you can't bring your kids in here. We're going to get in trouble. And he grew up there from when he was 14 to, you know. Yeah. So it's a double standard, you know what I mean? And then uh, he goes, you can't bring your kids in here. We're going to get in trouble. And then he goes, get your fucking kids out of here, Dice. He cursed. That's where Paulie went wrong. He cursed in front of a, a eight and I think they were like... Eight and ten, and then Dice went like, for the respect thing. I yeah. eight and twelve, and Dice went nuts. Yeah, and so he was like, "You don't talk like that in front of my kids." I'm like, "Meanwhile, the filthiest comic on the planet was right. talking about don't throw f bombs." But he said, "Get your fucking kids out of here." Yeah. And then Dice got pissed, and he goes, "You don't tell me what to do, Paul." And he took his glass and threw it in the recycle bin. He didn't throw it at Polly; he threw it in the recycle bin. And then Polly went back and told Mitzi that he threw it at him. And I was like, no, he didn't throw it at him, but he did throw it in the recycle bin. So, so I would never lie to her. But so did Mitzi treat all the comics kind of like her kids in a way? Because it sounds like it yeah, was a yeah. big... Yeah, yeah. And, and like it, 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 Dice and Eddie Griffin were... Dice was coming down. Eddie was going up technically. But they were still both very hot. And I remember after their fight... Mitzi was like, I want to talk to Eddie and Dice. And I was like, okay, I'll go get them. (laughs) And they came running back like two little schoolboys. Like, Mitzi, this is what happened. You don't understand. He says, and I was like, this can't be real. Like, I feel like I'm in a fucked up dream. Because at this point, I wasn't dating Dice or, you know, like, I mean, Eddie was always there. So I was close with Eddie. But 
we I just knew them as friends. Like they were friends from the Yeah, there's people that there you just deal with nuts daily. That I have to deal with on a regular basis and I'd be like, This can't be real. Nobody's that afraid of this woman. But they were. And it, it freaked me out. I was like, damn, this bitch got power. And then they both sat across from her and she's yelling at them. And I'm like, like, I wasn't eavesdropping, but I was like, this is great. This is so great. Like, I, I'm dying to have Eddie and Dice coincide on the podcast, like on the Comedy Store podcast that I do. Just because those stories are so stupid. And there was like a good six years where we were all there eddie was doing malcolm in the middle undercover brother i mean i'm sorry not malcolm in the middle malcolm and eddie oh yeah Uh, malcolm and eddie and um undercover brother all that shit so he was going up and dice was coming down and eddie was dice's opener you know what i mean like it it was just a weird turn of events and not not that dice was going down down he was just yeah but but yeah there's only you're there's only two directions in this business yeah and it, it does definitely level out so What's the name of the podcast for the uh, comedy store that you Comedy do? Store Podcast. Comedy Store Podcast. <laughs> they went they went real clever. They went out of their way. Yeah, to get we there. did that. I mean, yeah. well, Rick was doing it at first. Rick Ingram, terrific comic, he, and he's been at the store door guy all that. He got passed early on uh, in his door guy years because he had like a good three minute set, and then he had to do fifteen minutes, and it's like, oh fuck, I have fifteen minutes. I got a solid. Eight seconds, like you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, like I got a killer, but for some reason, if she saw you in your act, like your three-minute showcase, if she saw you really being you, she would pass you. And so I think Rick had like a, cl- a moment of clarity, like with him, his act, and then she gave him a fifteen-minute spot, and he was like fucking treading water, like I don't know what to do. So he started doing impressions. <laughs> of like people nobody knew this is my high school coach guy <laughs> you know well, no, so it's like ridiculous no one's gonna stand up and go no that doesn't sound anything yeah, like him. him at all yeah. you, you got him misunderstood well i think that's it's so funny because uh, when i see a lot of uh new york comics or store mm-hmm. comics and um they're now they have to go do the hour but they yeah. specialize in showcase shows which are 15 minutes so it's fun to watch. For me, it's kind of fun to watch someone who's just really starting to headline a lot. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like four separate sets that yeah. they, because they haven't had the time to put them all together. I agree. And like my, my thing is now I think that specials lack because of that. Like actual specials yeah. that are out there because people like can't sell out on the road. So they don't go do the road and hustle do those hour sets, those longer sets. Longer sets, yeah. So... I, that's why I think the half hour should have never went away because the half hour was your stepping point, was your right. stepping stone. Like if you look at like the Attells and the, the, you know, I mean, Irera and Dice and all those guys got lucky on the danger field. But Attell and Chappelle, Burr, they all had a half hour first. They all had a half hour yeah. somewhere, either Comedy Central or HBO, that was like, OK, this guy's good enough. And then with that half hour, they got that road. Right. And then they got learning that hour and really hammering out a full hour because you you totally notice it in comics now right and you could build up the the first 30 minutes by getting on with another comic and and absolutely so you can get that solid but that's feature or even if you're doing three four sets a night and you change it up yeah and you get those 10 15 minute spots here and there you, you can work that 30 minutes. That 30 minutes is easy. That hour is fucking death, dude. I love the hour. I love doing the hour. I love doing the hour myself, but I'm saying I'm noticing. Yeah. 
Well, because we have longer stories. Well, I have long stories, and I was fortunate—it's fortunate or unfortunate—I'm in Phoenix, and I came up in a different way of doing comedy, where I got mm-hmm. to develop a longer set. Where I, but, but when amazing. I when I when I go out to LA though, and they want me to do a three-minute set, I'm like, I'm fucked. You're like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, same. Because I can't do my, I can't show you who I am in that three minutes. And so I'm, that's why, like hosting, when I come back to Phoenix, I'd like to get these host gigs. It's a 10-minute set, and I'm really trying to get these little jokes to represent me in a yeah. way that when I go out and I'm, someone goes, okay, you got three minutes. I was in uh, New York uh, two weeks ago, and I was at this uh, mic, and uh, I went in there. And I did a new joke, and it was three minutes, and I, I got off stage, and I was like, oh, I, I did that three minutes. I was more, I didn't even care how the joke went, more so that I did three minutes, and it yeah, was reasonable. Yeah, yeah. So it's a different... Uh, it's so hard to to come down to that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can take a bit, break a bit, break the punchline, or break the middle, slash Get rid of all the it's tags. It's weird, yeah. All, yeah. And now you just have a couple words. It's and- so hard. It's so hard to go backwards. So if uh, someone and Eleanor, you do have the best stories. I, I wish I could feature you on these stories, but I don't want to. I, I know that everybody asks you all these stories that you I have. Don't care. But I, I, it's, I, how do people find you is what I want them to find you. Uh, Twitter. Can you my address? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, this, you're, you're, you're from South Philly. I'm sure a lot of people have your address, but it's please, in like, come uh, the on police over. department. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, my mom still lives in the same house we grew up in. So does she really? Come on over. Yeah. And your brother. Well, who's your brother that you get you, everything you could get? Oh, from? Jimmy. He lives down the street. He lives yeah. down the street. So if you if you meet Eleanor and you need anything, it's her brother, Jimmy. Yeah. Where you or can, Billy the Kid. The kid will get you whatever you need. So, <laughs> but so, but what are you? Twitter? What do you do? Twitter is yeah. It's just Eleanor Kerrigan or EJ Kerrigan. I forget. My, okay, one so of my nieces helpful. signed me up. Do you have up. a Facebook? Yes, all of that. Okay. Do you have a website? <laughs> yes. What's that? Eleanor J Kerrigan. Okay, we know that for sure. Eleanor J Kerrigan dot mm-hmm. com. Yeah, dot okay. com. All there right. you go. I don't know how to get to it or use it or whatever, but yay, it's there. Well, thanks. I can put my dates on there sometimes. Okay. Well, thanks for. Well, where are you next though? Uh, I'll oh, be back be here, here, here for the All Things Comedy Festival. This is a big deal out here in Phoenix. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. And you're representing, obviously, the Comedy Store and their podcast. Yeah, the Comedy Store podcast. I don't know if Rick is going to be able to make it with us, but... You want to say anything to Aries before we go? Aries, I love you. You know that. He should be back. He. That's the thing. Like That's what I'm saying. I don't know if he got banned and wasn't invited back, but then he only did the bigger shows at the store. Yeah. So... It he was did, because he, he got bigger and he went, yeah. he was on the road. He was, he was there always recently. Working. He did some, he did a show with somebody. Someone invited him to do the show. I know he told me the story. So he was there, um, maybe a month ago, I think, but I think he was doing a, a small set. No, I love Aries. And if he's in your city, go see him. Cause one, he's got a great opener. Yeah. And then the, the two, solid. <laughs> he's phenomenal. I, I, and he let me, um, do a guest spot for him in Philadelphia when I first started. And it meant a lot to me. He didn't know this, but my sister Kathleen got to see me and she passed away eight years ago. So she's never really seen me perform and she's a thousand times funnier than I. (laughs) So uh, that was a big deal. She came. They all came to the show I did with Aries and I was only doing like five minutes. And it was a guest set. Uh huh. That is a big deal. Yeah. For Aries to give out a, a guest set too. I, so I, yeah, he's, that was awesome. But That's we awesome. were, like I said, we were friends from the store, yeah. and you know, so he's a sweetheart, and I knew his manager, and he's always been nice to me, always been the sweetest guy. So yeah, he's been nothing but not great to me. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on the cast for a while. Um, you're you're a good stand-in for uh, for Aries for Aries today. You, hey, Aries, you I are hope the I Aries. Did a good job. Yeah, you're, you're representing Aries. <laughs> Thank you very much. I can't do a good Shaq impression, but he can. 
Can you do a, just uh, why don't you do one more Mitzi on the way out? For oh, that's great. Aries, we miss you. Bye. Thanks. So real quick, I mean, I don't know if you have an Aries story that you want to share so we can tie it in. But do you uh, do you have an Aries story you want to tell? Just say he was like so nice to me. Oh, wait, before you say that, I'm going to say I got to say that you're Craig Gas. Oh, what? <laughs> Am I Craig Gas? Or this is Tracy Morgan or Tracy Morgan. And this is Lars Ulrich. Um, just here from Metallica. Huh? <laughs> and this is Al Pacino. Who? Uh, and say hello to Christopher Walken. Pow! Hey, this is Tom Arnold. I like fat women and cocaine. <laughs> I never heard you Tom yeah. Arnold before. Tom Arnold's very random, man. <laughs> I did it last night on stage. I was doing Alex Jones, doing conspiracy theories, and oh. and uh, and ended up with some a uh, bunch of weird voices in the middle of it. But yeah, man, I um, I I love hearing a good impression, and uh, I love doing impressions. I, and but when I hear somebody do impressions, I do the same thing my friends do. Like, do you keep talking like that? Like, I just want to hear. And uh, Ari's has a bunch of impressions that are just spot on, man. Yeah, he, uh, his yeah. Jay Z is one of my favorites. It really is. It really is. And it's not an easy one. People think it's no, easy, but not it's not. Not at all. Yeah, man. It's just like it's just really cool. It's like a fun thing, man. It's like a it's like a cool party trick to be able to do, you know. So, but yeah, man. So, what's the theme of the of the podcast? Dude, it's week? just it's just me and him talking about life on the road and and just news and what's happening in the world. We talked about, recently. We've been talking about a lot of movies because you know when you're on the road, you're tuned into the TV because yeah. you're looking for something to Pass occupy time. your time. Yeah. yeah. So we we've been talking about a lot of movies. HBO. We've been watching. Uh, it's about. Uh, uh, the, the beginning of the porn industry in New York uh, oh. about Times Square when it was really really seedy and it was just hookers and uh, I seen, were on the take. I, I watched um, uh, Hard Knocks. I watch Hard Knocks every year, which is the training camp in a different NFL uh, franchise. Did you like this year's? Because this year seemed a little. Um, well, it was interesting because something different happened this year. For the first time in my life, watching training camp, and I love watching because I'm a big football fan. And it's fascinating to me that they have GoPros in the coach's office, and you can watch people getting cut from the team. And you're getting to know these players. You're getting to know them as human beings with families that they love, parents that are wonderful, uh, significant others that are wonderful, kids that are amazing. And then you see them get cut, and you're like, oh, man, I like that guy. He doesn't play for my team, but he's playing for this other NFL team, and I just like him as a person. And you like him. You can see some of these personalities. like, man, this guy's really likable. You see – Fights breaking out during training camp. You always hear that there's fights that break out amongst teammates, and you see the fights. You see how they start, and you, and you see them just, and you can't believe because that's usually something that the NFL, it, I feel like, has always tried to uh, protect from ever getting out there. But you're watching guys uncensored just trying to fuck each other up, and I guess it's all part of the process. Um, in training camp. Yeah, to, well, because you got to break everybody down to come together as, as a unit. Yeah. But, uh, wow, good point. And, but, and it's usually, it's very interesting that there's like young guys who are trying to make the team that go really hard at practice that the older guys are like, hey, you know, take it easy, young guy. We're, we'll be okay. And like, and it's just scrappiness and it's fucking intense. Well, it's like know? comedy when the uh, young guys are coming out trying to kill the room. True. True. Yeah. And it's, um, for the first time though, watching, uh, training camp. Uh, Jameis Winston struck me as a very unlikable person. I really? couldn't believe how much I didn't like him, and it was because of one moment. Um, well, there's a couple moments I thought were like, "Dude, you're 
You're trying too hard to be a leader here. Like he's trying to like he's he's making up chants as they're walking out in the field that he keeps adding extra like lines to the to the chants and everybody thinks the chant is over and then he keeps adding another line because we're gonna win or we're in. Yeah <laughs> Because we didn't come to lose. We came to choose. All right. And then because uh, when we go Let's not be slow. <laughs> he, and, and he clearly had no idea what he was going to say before he started this thing. But there's one moment um, that I saw, I think it was in episode two, during their first preseason game, a player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gets hurt and gets carted off the field. He's injured. They don't know yet how serious his injury is. Later in that game, in that exhibition game, there's a couple players on the bench that are laughing. Okay, And Jameis Winston walks by. Leans down and goes, hey, <clears throat> uh, I know you guys are having a fun time over here. I just want to remind you that one of our players got carried out today. So if you want to keep joking, keep it up. And then he walks away and I go, what a fucking dick move. Like you have to control everybody's emotion. Like, like people don't get injured in every game in football. Like that's never happened before. That's a part of life, man. That's a part of football. And you're walking up and down the sidelines trying to control people's emotions. It just... There's just something about it that made me think his his teammates must not like him. Well, you know, but he came from uh, what, what school did he come from? Was it Florida? Yeah, Florida. Yep. And, and the school seems a lot like that, though, like that rah rah kind of school where he might have yeah. picked that up from the well, coaches and the people that he. In the first episode, you love the guy because he takes you to this. I think he grew up in Alabama. It was either Alabama or Arkansas. He grew up in the South. And he takes the cameras into his childhood home. Yeah, I saw where that. I saw something that like thirteen kids shared one room or so. It was it was something insane. He did say that like several kids slept in one bed. And you're looking at that, going, "Wow, man!" Like you just you, you feel empathy for like, look, this guy's made something of himself. That's awesome. But then later in in later episodes, he's trying too hard, and then I I just didn't start. I, I found myself not liking him. But but yeah, I love. Um, I used to, I don't watch TV at all anymore. No, like, you don't watch TV. So well, on the road, you don't. But you, oh, which I wanted to tell you this. What's interesting though, too, what you said about uh, why they fight, and then I brought up the colleges. They all come from different colleges. There's rivalries. That's a good point too. They bring from their wow. college age, and so they have to kind of get broken down and that's, become a, a that's team. That's a very good point. I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, good point. But yeah, I um, uh, one of my favorite pastimes in my life that I don't get to do as much anymore. I love to pay. For one movie and then sneak into a second, like that's one of my favorite pastimes. I love I, doing that, and I I haven't had the time to do that in a long, long time. So I think as I got older, I just don't want to sit down that, for that many hours. Yeah, it has to be two movies you're really into, and plus, movies for some reason aren't as appealing to me now. Um, I especially for us, uh, our generation. There's just so many reboots that you're like, why would you fuck with that? Well, why would you fuck with the Bad News Bears? You know what I mean? Bad News Bears were perfect. Well, yeah, uh, you can't. Uh, yeah, you're not really going to change the Bad News Bears and make it better. Yeah, you're just going to update it and make it like where I hate the people that are in it. Yeah, you can't. I, I heard um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld the other day on an interview on Howard saying um, uh, that he's been offered a tremendous amount of money from several different media outlets to reboot Seinfeld, and he said we could only make it worse. Yeah. He said, we'll never make it better. Well, and, and they have such a key period of time because even towards the end, um, it, it was, it was, uh, there was a, there's a, 
when cell phones started coming out. There's so many key episodes that if there's a cell phone, it would have changed the episode on how the communication happened. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and even when cell phones started to happen, they really removed them from the show. And uh, I, I think that trying to do it now, it, it's not funny. New York isn't the same kind of funny as it was when uh, that show was being made in yeah. the first place. Um, I, I don't, I, yeah, I would hate to see Seinfeld done because that is my favorite television show still. Really? Yeah. You know, I never watched a single episode of you Seinfeld. Ne- how, how is that even possible? I watched the final episode because I knew it was like a big hype thing. Yeah. I was never a Seinfeld fan because I was such a Richard Pryor fan and George Carlin that to me, I've changed my attitude about it since, but to me, Seinfeld represented a um, a very like uh, white bread. Uh, it was a very just uh, generic to me. Yeah, no, I get what you're uh, saying. A, ver- a very like um, uh, tepid style of comedy that I was like, oh, that's amusing. There was never like heavy, like holy fuck, that was funny kind of laughs and I and I still feel that way about them um, but there was um, guys that um, the guys I grew up really admiring were guys that um, were just crushers and to me it was it was Richard and, and yeah I feel the same way about comedy but I never felt Seinfeld was about like I never put the two together as comedians as Jerry Seinfeld and Seinfeld as the comedian uh, Seinfeld's comedy to me is what you said about you know very white very kind of blandish. Yeah, and when I say white, I mean like white toast. It's like it's just very like made. It's like white toast and mayonnaise. Yeah, it's, it's very, very it's very approachable. And yeah. I, but I appreciate like Seinfeld, especially as a joke writer, as a technician yeah. for a joke. But yeah. the the comedy in in Seinfeld to me was about the small details of how horrible we are as people. Yeah, and that's what I enjoyed about Seinfeld. That's what I laughed at because yeah. really, even the best of us I think are horrible people I, I was talking to you about this the other night about you how like you stand out in a lot of ways to me because you are uh, a vessel for niceness there's, there's a, <laughs> you people who are nice gravitate towards you and yeah. you have a nice attitude i love nice people and uh, i'm not i'm not nice and that's <laughs> that is what i loved about seinfeld is that little even when he was nice there was some ulterior motive it was some negativity i back love there. i love nice people like there's nothing that's more wonderful to me than a stranger saying hello. That's why you didn't like industry. Seinfeld. That's not the other reasons because it was not. A, it was one of. Well, the, I was doing a lot of cocaine when when the show really hit. So oh, okay, I wasn't around a TV very much. I was I was, you know, in a dark hotel. room You were somewhere. dark yeah. in a bathroom. Yeah, in a with, bathroom. With, with, with there's like two people that are still in the room, and then the other six people are in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of shady scenes that were going on, and um, so yeah, that that was also contributing to it. But as a stand up comedian. I just thought, oh, okay, that guy's got a show. And there were so many, uh, you know, Roseanne, Tim Allen. There was all these people who were kind of, kind of cut from the same cloth. Although Roseanne really went after things that I was like, wow, that was, it's more, Roseanne's more real um, from what I knew, even though I didn't watch that show either. But, you know, it was it, like Seinfeld began this, like, parade of comedians. Yeah. Like Brett Butler and yeah. all these comedians who... Well, you know what else I just realized when you said that and you said you were doing cocaine at the time i had just gotten married and we were working on a kid and so that's why i was watching tv because my, oh, well, my life was absolutely miserable oh, at the time yeah wow i love my kid yeah i would i could have done without being married though i could have done that yeah um 
I know we're going to run out of time, so I want to ask you, uh, I hate to throw that at you again. Do you have an airy story that you wanted to share? Just that he's always been nice to me. I, oh. uh, there's no, I hung out with him once. Uh, we filmed something together. He was filming. Uh, he wanted to throw a pitch uh, at an idea for a show. So he had me meet him somewhere where um, I put on some makeup and some prosthetics to do some uh, celebrity-like stuff with him. And uh, um, he actually... <laughs> He offered me money to do it, and I never came back to him for the money. I was just like, yeah. I just knew he liked you because when I said I'm working with you, he goes, yeah, and I, I've worked you know, other people, and he yeah. just he made you go. So right, right away, he got back to me. Oh, make sure you tell Craig I said hi. Right on. So, uh, I, He's I, a nice I, dude, man. Dude, he is one of the nicest and misunderstood. Like if, if, if people who don't listen to the podcast or know about it or comment on the podcast and say, uh, that dude, he's one of the most misunderstood dudes because I love that dude. He's been nothing but great to me. Right so, um, so there's some niceness. Um, but uh, like it's been a blast, man, working with you this week. I've, I, I've been fortunate enough to work with you a couple times. Yeah. And uh, your crowds are always great. And it's the niceness. It's the niceness that I detest, but I appreciate about <laughs> you at the same time. <laughs> that you bring out these great crowds that are wanting to laugh. That's all they want to do. They want to have a good time. life is what you make it. And uh, I always, uh, it always surprises me that there's people who put their negative and they get negativity. They don't realize that they're, they're creating it. You put out negativity, you get negativity. And there is positivity in everything. And I always had this, like, this genetic thing where anytime negative people were around me, I was like, get the fuck away from me. Because I knew that that was just a wrong way to look at everything. And you're going to affect everything. You're going to, I still do this at sporting events. I'm a huge Seahawks fan, and uh, if anybody that's near me starts getting just negative about, why are they calling this? That was dumb. Why did they do that? I go, get the fuck away from me. You're going to affect the game. Get the fuck away from me. I need positivity around me because positivity absolutely creates positive outcomes. There is, it's, it, they're proving it now that there's energy. Your brain creates energy. Yeah, and everything you put out, you get back, man. And I, I do, I do know that that is that is true. And all the studies that show you get what you put out, absolutely. I, I don't try to exude negative energy. No. I just, I, I, you know what? I, what's different about me and you? I think I'm, and I think you, I don't know if you'll agree with this. I, I am expecting the lowest common denominator from people, and you're expecting a higher. But I don't, I don't throw out. You, you, you appreciate people in a higher way. Where I'm. Ex- I lower the bar so when people are horrible. You know what? I don't. I don't even think I. Uh, but for me, I'm, it's not on people. I don't expect great things from people, but I just expect. Um, I expect nice things to happen to me, and and I just I and not even like that. If I want something, I'm like, all right, that's what I'm gonna do. That, and then I just get it, and, and I don't even think about well. How the fuck are you going to get that? I don't. I, but I'm get. I'm going to get it. Yeah, I, and that's that's the thing. And then and there are people I know who go, oh, I would like to get that, ah, but you know, it's so hard. And there's so many like you know. And somebody pointed out to me when I was a kid, a, a very close friend of mine, uh, who's like a mother figure to me, told me when I was a kid. She's like, did you ever notice that you always think like great things are going to happen and they always happen? And I said, uh, I guess I don't. And she goes, I always worry about. What could go wrong? And everything that I, th- I worry about that's going to go wrong actually happens to me. You always expect things to work out, and they do. They just do. That's why I called you an open vessel. That's why I said it, because you're open to the positive things happen to you. And me, I really, I, I constantly feel like I don't deserve it. 
Oh, I've definitely, I definitely felt that. I definitely felt that. But I also uh, have dated some women in my life who brought negativity that I feel like I inherited. And I'm like, oh, I wish she didn't bring that to me because now I feel a little bit. Now, now I'm second guessing some things or I'm starting to wonder about, well, what if something bad happens? And it's because you're here. Like, I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, and um, but yeah, I think that if you're there's no question in my mind that uh, you you life is what you make it. And, um, you know, um, so you some assholes out there. And but my reaction, I had a friend of mine who did an impression of me. When I was a kid, uh, when I was a teenager, my good buddy Jeff, uh, who I uh, grew up with here in Arizona, would say, okay, here's my impression of Craig getting really mad. Here's Craig getting really pissed off. Here we go. What? (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that word, all right, really struck me when he said that because... I just accept, like, okay, that person's being a dick? Uh, all right. So that person's just going to be a dick. Okay. I, I, I can't fight it. So That guy's going to be a dick. There's nothing I can do about it. All right. So that that's what it is. That's, that's the score right here. This guy's going to be a dick. All right. Whatever. I'm not... I'm not going to try to figure out, why are you being a dick? What? Like, I just like, all right, that guy's just being a dick. Okay, this is what I'm dealing with. I can just, you know, kill him with kindness, whatever. And that's just what it is. I'm not, but I can't fight that. I can't, there's some things I can't, I know there's some immovable objects that I can't fight and that's okay. And I just move on to the, to, you know, the bright side of whatever the situation is. So I know you have to go get on stage here pretty soon. So let me ask you this question to end this with. Sure. So if someone is out there, and can learn, and you can give them a tip from your experience, and they want to move forward or onto something. What? How do you put it out there? How do you put it out there in your head? That what's your positive energy kind of vibe to say to these people? To myself, to myself, to me. Everything's temporary. Everything. There's nothing that I mean. There are some things that you can't argue are permanent, and if there are some things that are permanent, it's like okay, that's just what it is. It doesn't need to seep into your entire life it doesn't affect every single thing you allow it to affect the rest of your day there's really wonderful things that happen all day long and people carry shit from work into home or from home into work and it just you know there's a time and a place to actually deal with that bullshit and I, for whatever reason, I've always compartmentalized it. Where it's like, all right, so that bullshit's going to be there when I get back to that. So, but you're not going to let I'm, anybody affect your day. I'm going to a concert, or I'm going on stage. The Seahawks are playing. Whatever. It's like, all right, cool. And you know, I'm not going to give it any power. It doesn't like because it doesn't. It only affects you if you allow it to. There are, you know, there's stories that have come out of people in concentration camps who, you know, who just like didn't allow it to affect them, you know? No. Yeah. Uh, we can hear, like, what sounds like toward, we're getting towards the end of Eleanor's set. So, so yeah. yeah. Um, again, it was great. I, I'm glad you jumped on the podcast. Thank you, brother. And uh, Hello, yeah. Iris. I'm going to try to put some spiritual energy to my shit so that I can see if I can get past myself someday. No, nah, man, it's okay, man. It's like sometimes it's a prayer. Sometimes it's just, you know, just being uh, focusing on whatever that mantra is. But, yeah, everybody, you know. It's um, life is what you make it. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate the time. Thank you.
Guys, I hope you enjoyed those interviews. You can uh, find Eleanor Kerrigan on the uh, Comedy Store podcast. She runs that every week. And uh, I really appreciate you listening. I hope I didn't uh, I didn't ruin this show experience for you. You can reach Aries at Aries Spears on Twitter. Twitter at Aries Spears. I forgot what I am on uh, Twitter. But you can go to andycomedy.com and all my social media is at the top. And also is my merch page. If you enjoy me at all in any way, uh, or you know, just want me to make a living and get off the podcast, you can buy some T-shirts for me, some hats. Uh, it'll help me out, help me raise my kids. Um, I appreciate that. Really looking forward to Aries being back next week. Guys, I appreciate all the support. Please, uh, if you didn't agree with me on anything, uh, send, send a message. Please ask us any questions. We want to be open. We want to have a fun podcast. Get at us. I'll be with Aries again at, uh, on the 20th of October. Through the 22nd at uh, Levity Live in West Nyack, New York. And then we're going to be at the Comedy Zone the following week, the 26th through the 29th. I'll be at the Comedy Zone in uh, Greensville, uh, South Carolina. And then we'll be at uh, Comedy Zone the week after that, uh, I believe November 2nd through the 5th at Comedy Zone in uh, Greensboro, uh, North Carolina. And then after that, we'll be at uh, Brea Improv in uh in la or california so um you know we'll be on the road if you're in any of those areas uh come by see his show or uh tweet us and let's get at you guys talk to you guys later (laughs) 